Well, we're asking the question tonight, are we available? And so just each day is kind of a follow-up, or each night rather is kind of a follow-up to each morning. And just as Ruth and Naomi and Boaz uh, were all involved in that story this morning, had to be available. Uh, we have to make ourselves available, available to God in order for Him to work through us to accomplish His will in our life. And so we come tonight to ask the question, are we available? Are we always saying, God, I'm just available, whatever you need me to do, whatever you want me to do, whatever you're calling me to do, however you word it, uh, are we available to God at all times? And so we look at a uh, Matthew chapter 14 is where we're going to be, and begin reading in verse 13, when Jesus were, heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. And so what had Jesus heard had happened? And so let me just back up. I didn't want to include it in the verses for the message tonight, but just to back up to get what he's saying here in chapter 14, verse 1, uh, at the time Herod, the Tetrarch, heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, this is John the Baptist. This is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. So Herod, the king over Israel at the time, the area there, uh, John the Baptist has already died, been beheaded by Herod, and now Jesus is on the scene, and he's thinking Jesus is the resurrection of John the Baptist. He's come back to life. Now Herod, and so he goes back into the story of what happened, of why he's thinking that. It says, now Herod had arrested John, John the Baptist, and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her, meaning Herodias, because here's the problem. Herodias, that's now with Herod, was married to Philip, Herod's brother. But they connected, if you want to use that term, and, and they began to like each other a whole lot. So uh, she moved away from Philip and moved in with Herod, and so they're living together, and John the Baptist was saying, what's going on here is not right. This is not moral. And so he was saying that, you know, things aren't right here to Herod, the king, and to his wife. So he had him arrested because he said, you can't talk to me that way. You can't tell me I'm doing wrong. I'm the king. Who do you think you are? Well, Herod wanted to kill John but was afraid of the people because they considered him a prophet. So John the Baptist has been preaching repentance for days, weeks, and months, uh, getting ready for Jesus to come on the scene. And so the people are responding, people are repenting, people are being baptized, and his popularity has grown around Israel. And so he's thinking, if I put him to death, the people are going to rebel against me because I killed the prophet that they like so much. So he just put him in jail. Well, on Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias, see Herodias is living with him now, brought her daughter to live with them. Her daughter danced for them and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. So she must have danced very great for him, and she said, he said, uh, whatever she wants, I'll give her uh, whatever she wants. Just name it. Just It's my birthday, and uh, she's done such a good job dancing, and, and I'll give her whatever she wants. Well, prompted by her mother, Herodias, uh, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. 
So the mama said to the daughter, you heard his request. You heard what he said. You ask for anything, he'll give it to you because you pleased him so much. Here's what you do, Herodes. Ask him for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. That's what you want. So the king was distressed. Herod was distressed. What have I gotten myself into here? But because of his oath and his dinner guest, everybody sitting around heard him say that, and he made an oath that he'd do whatever she wanted or ask whatever, he'd give her whatever she wanted. He ordered that her request be granted. And he had John the Baptist beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl and carried it to her mother. John's disciples came, took his body, and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. And so that then brings us to what we're reading right here. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He and John were very close. He and John were uh, relatives, as we know. And so uh, when this happened, uh, you know, it really affected Jesus. He was uh, upset over it, distraught over it, uh, sad about it. And so he withdrew to a private place and uh, grieved over the loss of John. Well, hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Jesus couldn't get away from anybody, could he? You know, where's Jesus? Oh, he's over there. Let's go see him over there. So he's withdrawn to a private place, heard the crowds heard where he went. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, had compassion on them to heal their sick. So it's right back to ministry, right back to doing what God wanted him to do. Had a time of grief, went by to a private place. But the people are in need. People are looking for him, had compassion. So he began healing right there and then. Well, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. We're in the middle of nowhere here. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. So they had compassion for the people. They're saying it's getting late. Jesus, we need to knock off for the day. Uh, we'll heal some more tomorrow and just send them on their way so they can go find some food. And uh, they need to be on their way by now. Well, Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Five loaves of bread and two fish. They've already looked at the crowd and realized this can't feed everybody. So he said, bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Told all the people in attendance there, y'all all sit down. They brought the uh, five loaves of bread and the two fish to Jesus. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate. All ate and were satisfied, got plenty to eat. Nobody got left out. Nobody got shortened anything. Everybody had plenty to eat and they got full. And then after that happened, the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. So they had more than enough to feed. How many? The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides the women and children. So if every man had brought a wife, there'd have been 10,000. If every man and husband and wife had brought a child, they'd have had 15,000. So you're looking at well more than 5,000 people there in attendance that day to eat all this food that Jesus had provided for them. So here's, here's what we want to go to tonight, being available, being available to Jesus at whatever he wants us to do. So what did the disciples learn about the work of Jesus being available to work for him? Because they simply saw people in need, it's getting late, 
They need to get on home, find some food. Uh, we need to quit healing, quit preaching, quit teaching. Let them get on their way so they can get some food, get home before it gets too late. And so now Jesus took that whole story and just made something else out of it. So what are they learning about Jesus? What are they learning about being available to work for him? What did he show them that day that they needed to learn that even more than that, what we need to learn? Well, first of all, they learned is they walked with Jesus daily. They were connecting their obedience to Jesus with what happened next. So there they were, teaching, healing, ministering to the people, and they're recommending they go home, and Jesus say, no, you feed them. We ain't got but five loaves of bread and two fish. I mean, what are we going to do? How are we going to feed all these people? And so what they did was connect their obedience to Jesus by what happened next, because now he's taking the bread from them, and he's breaking it, handing it back to them, reproducing it over and over and over for them to feed the people. And so their act of obedience now came off of what Jesus did next. And you say, okay, what, what are you talking about here? Well, just like you and I, if we're serving Jesus here, we did something for him, he asked us to do something, we, we talked to somebody, we met somebody, we uh, helped somebody, we did something for somebody that God wants to do. Okay, I was obedient to God in that. Well, I'm done for the day. I'm through. I'm over. Uh, what's next, Jesus? And so then he shows us something else about our obedience to him. We're connecting our obedience with Jesus with what he does next. Because have you ever found that in a day's time, when does Jesus get through showing us what to do? You know, is it just that one time about 7.30 in the morning? You know, that Jesus said, here, go do something. I did it. I'm through now. I got the rest of the day for me to do what I want to do. Well, okay, it's 7.30. Now maybe it's about 10 o'clock, and he shows us something else. Okay, I did that too. I'm through for the day. You know, it's always something next, isn't it, with God? I mean, does he ever get through in the day's time saying, are you available to do something else? Well, no, I'm done for the day, God. I've done three things for you today. Four's out. You know, four's out. I can't do it. It's not that way, is it? It's always one thing to the next, the next, the next. One of these days, what we're going to need to do, Cheryl and I, is videotape our week and just do a video of everything we do during the week and see what happens during the week and just present it to you and let you just see what goes on from next to next to next to next. Because just about the time we think, well, let's just sit down and watch the news or just sit down and, and kind of catch up on, you know, let's eat a meal, eat a meal together. Without a phone call or without a text, try it. It doesn't happen in our house. Either somebody from looking for her or somebody looking for me, uh, as she said, never. And I think that's probably about right. We're just sitting down, having a meal, whether it's noon or, or at night. And, uh, you know, we're done. We're through. Uh, we've been available all day. And there it goes. There goes the phone. And so we connect our obedience to Jesus. What happens next? I've been obedient, but now what's next? What's next? What's next? And that's how we have to be available. We can't say I'm through. I'm done. This is it, Jesus. I'm through for the day. My, you know, I'm unplugged. Well, for us, as we pray for knowing God's will. That's what we pray, don't we? God, I'm asking you for a whole list of things. Here's a list of things I'm asking you to do today. But we always close our praying with, your will be done, don't we? God, I'm asking you to heal and to comfort and to meet this need and meet that need, do this, do that. Here's my whole list. Here you go, God. 
But nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. That's how we close our praying, don't we? So as we pray for knowing God's will, God, what is your will? Ask you for a lot of things, but I want your will to be done. Then we just walk with Jesus. We present our request to him. Your will be done. And we begin walking with Jesus for the day. And then we connect our obedience to him with just whatever happens next in our life. What's going to happen next? Just like Ruth and Boaz and Naomi this morning. Uh, the husband has died. The sons have died. Naomi said, I'm going home. Girl said, we're going with you. Along the way, she said, no, y'all go back home. And uh, uh, Ruth said, no, I'm going with you. <laughs> you know, nothing but death's going to separate us. I'm going with you. And so she let her go, and then uh, they meet up with Boaz. They get in his field, and one thing just leads to another, and they're just walking in obedience to him and doing whatever happens next in their life in obedience to God. Well, the disciples also learned that having a conversation with God through discussion and asking questions was the way to know what Jesus was going to do next. Uh, they were just saying, Jesus, uh, you need to send people home. We're having a discussion about that. We're having a conversation about it, Jesus. Send the people home. Let them go eat. It's getting late. And uh, he said, no, y'all feed them. Well, what are we going to feed them? We've only got five loaves and two fish. What are we going to feed them? And so there's that discussion going on. There's those questions going on. And we ask Jesus questions, don't we? You know, well, God, what's next? Or God, what you want me to do now? Or why did that happen? Or what? What am I getting involved in? Should I do this? Should I not do that? Should I go here? Should I go there? You know, we're asking questions, aren't we? And then as he answers those questions, we're walking in obedience to that, and we know what to do next. Well, they realized Jesus wanted to work through them to accomplish his purpose. You feed them, he said. You feed them. You're, you're concerned about them eating. You said, let's send them away to go find some food so they can get home before it gets too dark. No, you feed them. And so Jesus wants to work through us until he did that with them because then they serve the food that were to those people so he does us the same way he wants to work through us he doesn't want to just drop something out of the sky to somebody or do something for somebody just drop it out on them he wants us to work he wants to work through us to accomplish his purpose whatever his purpose is in all things and so then god always wants to work through us to accomplish his purpose to be a blessing to others we all look for blessings, don't we? You know, I hope my day is blessed. I want God's blessings on my life today. And maybe we even pray something like that or say something like that. Uh, blessing, blessing, blessing. And so God wants to accomplish uh, a purpose to be a blessing. Oh, wait, for us to be a blessing to others. But what about my blessings, God? I want to be blessed too. I want to bless other people. But, but you know, I want something too. Ah, which in turn... We're going to receive a blessing through our obedience to God as we experience him working in us. And so haven't you noticed that probably all your adult Christian life, that when you do something for somebody else, you give a blessing to somebody else, you do something for somebody else, that it always comes back to you, doesn't it? You get blessed in turn. You know, whatever you do for somebody else may not be the same thing comes back to you, but you get that blessing. And that's kind of like how we feel about prison. Uh, I don't know how many years now we were doing prison work before I ever came here. So 18 years or so. And, and, you know, we go there and sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's raining, sometimes hot, sometimes like really want to go, you know, and, and you almost don't want to go sometimes because, you know, just cause. And you go because of obedience to God. And we always leave there 
We got the blessing tonight. <laughs> I don't know if they did, but we did. Because something they said, something they did, something they brought out, a story, uh, you know, however they presented themselves to us. And so that's the way God works. As we're blessing the other people, the blessing comes back to us and as a result. Well, before we can be a blessing to others, we receive a blessing from God. We've got to be available to Him. So if we want the blessing from God that we always want, we've got to be a blessing to others. We've got to be obedient to Him. Bless somebody else in their life in whatever way it is. In their life here, it was uh, feeding them, simply feeding them a, a meal. Uh, we got too many people here to send away. You go feed them. What are we going to feed them? Well, I'll show you what we're going to feed them. And then in that obedience then, they received the blessing because they began to talk about that. Can't you just see them as they uh, left there that day? Uh, what were they talking about? You know, can't you see a couple of guys just walking by each other and saying, can you believe what just happened today? We had these five loaves and two fish. Did you see what happened? We fed 5,000 men and then all these women and all these children too, and, and they talked back and forth about it. That's something they carried with them for the rest of their life that they began to talk about, and God blessed them as a result of them blessing others. And so then it comes down to the question we started with. Are we available to God? Are we just saying, God, what do you want? I'm available. You want to use me in a certain way, a certain time? I'm here. Let's go. And so what's he going to do? I don't know. Tomorrow's Monday. What does Monday bring? Who knows? We don't know. But are we available to God tomorrow and then Tuesday, Wednesday, so on through the week to just say, Lord, here I am. Use me as you need to in your kingdom to bless somebody else. And in return, I'll receive a blessing from you.